The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the All Rookie Podcast. Today is July 29th, 2021, and I'm your host, William Harris, aka William is Bill. Today is the day we've all been waiting for. It's draft day, and I'm very excited to introduce to you my special guest, the host of Hoopball Kings Podcast, and the expert on all things Kings, Jillian Ash. How are you doing today, Jillian? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Uh, did I get ready your last for name tomorrow right? and yeah, you did. I'm so impressed. <laughs> right. I'm so impressed. Um, yeah, that's that's not always the case, but you you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're excited about tomorrow? Well, I'm gonna go ahead and say today because it probably won't air till Thursday. So, are you excited about the draft? Uh, um, yeah, and especially because uh, you know, I've as we've heard from. You know, when the season ended for the Kings, <laughs> they were going to be, you know, aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. And all we've heard is uh, their names mentioned and everything, which totally isn't abnormal. Um, but just being in a 15-year drought and mm-hmm. Walton be get, you know, Walton is given one more year that it kind of feels like a, a really a, a make or break. Um, at this point and nobody wants to get to a 16 year drought because then you're tied for the worst drought, um, in history. So it's, you know, (laughs) at some point we need, we need to, uh, get over that hump and start making some smart decisions, which is hard, um, for the Kings, but yeah, just, I mean, it's all we've heard is anybody outside of Fox and Halliburton is available and, um, every draft pick going forward is available. So it, uh, it leaves a lot of options. So I will say that at least based on, um, you know, what, who I've talked to and, you know, fan wise and, and people around the team and things like that, that if moves aren't made, um, it's going to be a major letdown at this point. You know, nobody wants to see a move just for a move, but at some point you got to try and do something because the status quo <laughs> isn't working and you know fox will only be patient for so long well that's interesting you said fox and halliburton only only two players off the market pretty much but i've heard fox's name in a couple rumors how true do you think that is are you worried about that not not at all anyone we talk to on this side it's yeah it's 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 someone can ask for it but it's like yeah not nice try not happening i mean the same way that yeah. you know the kings would ask for dame right not happening but right, right but you'll still make the call um yeah i i just don't i have a hard time imagining either of those two unless you were getting a legit superstar back which we know is not available you know at the, i mean except for dame but he's not going to want to come to a bad team anything the kings right. would have to give up he'd be coming to a worse team um because we'd have to give up everything so yeah at this point i i would be severely shocked if either one of them were gone and 
I've kind of lost count of how many messages I've seen of if Fox is gone, I'm done. <laughs> like they, <laughs> they've hung, they've hung around for so long that if that's, right. um, you know, but I mean, but he's a success story here. Right. And we don't have many of those. So, you know, same way Halliburton was last year too. And that was Monty's first guy. So I have a hard time, you know, imagining him necessarily wanting to get rid of him. And that same way, because that's kind of, you know, what he's hanging his hat on right now as a, a first time GM is that um, he took advantage of all the other GMs, you know, making bad decisions and and not taking him. Yeah, I've, I've heard Ben Simmons mentioned possibly for the Aaron Fox, but I, I don't think that would be the move to make. You agree with that, right? Yeah. And, and, and I get everything I've heard on this side that it was. We offered, you know, Buddy Bagley first round picks. Um, you could even throw Barnes in there type thing. Um, but Fox was a uh Philadelphia mentioned it and it was a, a hard, a hard no. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good, good. Okay. Well, um, tell the people where they can follow you on social media so can they can check out all your hoop ball kings content. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter. Uh for um at jill adge j-i-l-l-a-d-g-e and then um you'll also see me on the hootball kings account as well as the uh be heard platform which you can find on uh twitter as well my uh co-host damian barling that's his um media company that he's he started and uh we've partnered with as well awesome awesome uh, so today we're going to go over who Jillian thinks should be the top eight picks in the draft. And then we'll take a deep dive into the Kings and their selection at number nine. So let's get straight to it like it's nothing to it. Uh, for the first pick in the draft, are you going with the consensus for the Detroit Pistons, the guy we all expect to go there? <laughs> who do you have going to Detroit? I have Cade going to Detroit, even though all the, the smoke screens are there. Right. Um, I I do think that that will be that will be the pick. I just don't think there's anything Houston can necessarily offer that would be enough to um, to mitigate that. Right, right. Because there was been talk that OKC is really, really trying to move up. They even offered Shea yep. in a in a package. So, do you think there's any way they can up that ante and get up to number one? Or you think Detroit's going to hold on to the pick? I'm I'm a huge Shea fan, so I mean, if Me if they if they th- really did throw that out there, and there were multiple first round picks, I think that that would actually be hard to turn to turn down. Um, I know what people think Cade could be, but I also know what Shea is, um, and I could see you know what I mean. I see him being in the league for years and as a future all-star like that's, you know, as guys start retiring and going out. Um, I think people forget how good he is just based on him being injured. Um, the last part of, you know, last year and being on OKC now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but oh, he's, he's so good. He really is. Um, yeah, but you know, but it, it, yeah, it's going to be interesting for Detroit. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a hard thing to turn down because as Weaver keeps saying is when people are asking him, you know, who fits? And he's like, everybody fits. Like we won, you know, right. 
you know, but what was it? 15, less than 20 games that it's, you know, <laughs> we need everything. So um, if you were to get that proven, you know, young talent and then um, multiple assets like that, uh, it's definitely something to think about. You know, similar yeah. to how, um, you know, Atlanta did it with uh, Dallas and, and Luca. I mean, mm -hmm. Trey's ended up being, you know, it's look what Atlanta has been able to do. Right. And, and nobody questions them grabbing Trey at this point. Um, and they got additional assets for it. So um, yeah, as long as I think as you're yeah. right. Yeah. As long as I think you're getting, you, you know, those proven talents back that are, um, you know, of that all-star level, then, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't blame them if, if that ended up being a deal that they ended up taking for it. I still think they'll take Cade, but I wouldn't blame right. them at all. And I could understand it. Yeah. I think it's the main thing is people are loving, uh, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley and Cade Cunningham. So they probably will not want to get further than three in this draft. So if OKC can move up to three, then they might have a chance to get up to one. So we'll just have to see how yep. that goes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, for the number two selection, the Houston Rockets, who do you have them select? I, I have it, Jalen Green. Jalen Green over Evan Mobley, huh? For Houston, yeah. I think him pairing him with uh, Kevin Porter is is an exciting uh, mm -hmm. backcourt for them. Yeah. Yep, I totally agree. That that could be must see TV right there. So. A good selection. Uh, number three, we'll move on to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Who do you think they should invest in with that third pick? It'll be Mobley, I'm sure, and that's where I would love the Kings to be able to trade into. But <laughs> I know they don't have uh, they don't have the assets to make that happen. But um, yeah, Mobley. You know, and that's the thing is with Cade Green and Mobley, and in any draft, like those are number one guys. Yeah. That's, you know, you're you're getting legit legitimate talent. I totally agree, and it's interesting you mentioned Mobley as in with the Kings. Is he if you had the first pick in a draft, is that the guy you would want the Kings to take? Oh, I I think I would still go with um go with Cade. Okay, but um that's to where I would then um look at the the trade down opportunities to to be able to land a Mobley plus assets if that was um if that was available but yeah right um okay. because i i do believe that there's a world where you could have Cade Fox and Hella Burton and that's a hell of a hell of a trio yeah. right there definitely definitely this is a bad year for you guys to finish with the ninth worst record or whatever <laughs> well and and what's craziest right is um you know on King's Twitter like the whole year was crazy right on do you sell do you Mm -hmm. um undersell right to to tank and things like that and you know the kings have done that before and that was the um blake griffin draft we had 17 wins and we ended up with the number four pick i believe where we were by far the worst team and still right. ended up with the number four pick um <laughs> but this year right like it was oh you know at least give yourself a shot at the top three and then we were like between five and seven for a while um and then, you know, ownership and everybody else wants to, you know, and Fox, you know, Fox, Halliburton, all those guys want to make the playoffs, you know, and you're trying to re-sign homes. Um, but in the lottery, I don't know if you ended up seeing this, but they showed um, 
I think they found it on Reddit, but they end up giving you the combinations, right, of of the numbers from the uh, the ping pong balls from Lottery oh, Night, and the Kings literally had <laughs> at nine with the last ball to go. They had the best opportunity to get number one, and they still didn't get it. It was, I mean, it was like a five to one type thing or something. <laughs> like they still, um, it was. I mean, they owned every ping pong ball, but like the one that was taken. Um, so it was like brutal where it was like, we still ended up having the best odds at nine and we still lost it. And it was, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like it, that's just the, the luck of, of being the Kings that you're, you're never good, but you're never bad enough to, um, to acquire. And then when you are, you somehow figure out how to mess it up. So. Right, right. <laughs> well, we're hoping things turn around for the Kings. You know, Phoenix had a huge turnaround. They had a huge yep. drought for the playoffs. So here's the hoping things turn around for the Kings. And we are on pick number four right now. The Toronto Raptors are on the clock. Who do you think would be best there to be selected by Toronto? I have Suggs going there. Yeah, yeah. I know there's some yeah. Barnes talk like that, but I could also see Toronto saying that just to see if OKC will jump. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I do have Suggs going there. Okay, yeah, Toronto is an interesting team in this draft. It's going to be interesting to see if they're going to keep uh, Pascal Siakam as well. He's been mentioned on the trade block. So, I, I, it's no tell. If he's traded, I could see Scotty Barnes going here. But if they keep him, yep. I think they would go with Suggs. So. So moving on to the Orlando Magic, they have two picks in this draft in the top eight. So for their fifth selection, do you have the aforementioned Scotty Barnes going to Orlando? I sure do. I sure do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he has a huge ceiling, huge potential to be possibly be the best player in this draft. Do you see that ceiling for him, or do you think he'll just be, you know, fifth or sixth best player in this draft? No, I I think that if his offensive game goes to where people think it could, mm-hmm. um, he's already there on defense that I for sure think that um, he has at least a shot at it, right? Right. Uh, I see him definitely as a, at least a 10-plus year um, guy in the league that he does so many things that so many teams need uh, defensively, um Character wise, you know, he's got a great feel of the game and that it's you could literally throw him on any team and he will be glue. Right. Like he's just I think and that's that's kind of the hard thing. Right. Is um, you're always looking for glue guys. And I do think when it comes to the draft is that like you can see, you know, an archetype of, oh, I think he could be a glue guy. Um, but he's going to need a couple of years, right? Like you see so many vets where it's, you know, that are now glue guys um, that were not glue guys, you know, even their fifth year in the league. But I think Barnes coming out is already that glue guy. And I think that that makes him um, a lot more special compared to other prospects is that I, I think he's already that guy without needing a couple of years in the league to be able to offer that kind of production. Right, right. And hopefully, you know, I think he will need to go to the right team to fully develop. And hopefully Orlando will be that right team. The GM that is for the Magic right now is the same GM that drafted Giannis. So right. that's yep. positive. 
<laughs> yeah, and then you know, and then they just hired a, a new coach and who mm -hmm. people love. Um, so you know, it's at this point, it's you know, they're hoping they're now trying to build that foundation up that you know, there's no reason why they, um, yeah, that they can't start doing that. And so, um, Orlando's done it to plenty of players, so you know, they do have that history at least there that. Um, they have developed guys, so. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Uh, and so moving to the number six pick in the draft, Oklahoma City Thunder on the clock. One of the most interesting teams in this draft. Uh, who do you have them taking at number six? I have I have book night going there. Okay, so that's I've my. I've been top hearing six. a lot of a, a lot of news lately about book night jumping up to the number six. Uh, yeah, and I was reading will... that. I was reading that. Um, sorry, Oklahoma City was even last year that they were trying to get him to come out. So, um, mm. you know that, that there seems to be a lot of push in that direction. But as we were saying earlier, right? OKC has so many assets at this point that um, they can always try and trade up. But um, Book Night right. being paired with Shea. Seems like it would be a lot of fun too. So, yeah, I think Book Knight can be a star. Uh, so he just has to go to the right team as well. I have him going eighth to Orlando, but it seems like he is uh, shooting up everyone's draft board. So it is very possible he can go to OKC. So you say it gets tricky around pick seven and pick eight, right before the Kings. You know, one of those teams yeah. is going to steal your guy more than likely. <laughs> But for Golden State, I have them taking the big man Alperin Sengun from Turkey. Um, it's oh. a lot of people have said they should take a backup point guard, this or that. But I think Alperin Sengun has the possibility to be an uh, instant impact player, uh, post score, which they do not have right now. How you like that pick? You think that will fit? I do. Yeah, and and Golden State's kind of in that that weird position where. Um, I could see them kind of swinging on a guy like that and you could even use them in a trade package, right? That I, mm -hmm. I could see them, um, swinging on a guy or even, um, like, a Kuminga, like to where that they could use it in a trade package. Um, someone with a lot of that star potential, um, that, that I could totally, I could see that. And, and the way that he moves the ball. Um, I think he'd fit it right if they were to keep him, and that was the pick. Right. Um, I think that would fit with um, Steph and and Draymond, and I, it's Clay's like the unknown right now because for so long you were hearing Book Night to Golden State, right? And that could possibly end up being the the Clay replacement, mm -hmm. um, just because nobody knows what he's going to come back as. I mean, you're hoping for the best, but I mean, realistically, the guy's been out two years with two severe injuries that yeah. um, it's hard to know. And then you hear the trade talk of, you know, them trying to land Beal and different things like that, that um, I could see them swinging, you know, using this as a swing pick if, if they don't trade it um, to, uh, to take a player that they could use as trade leverage. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. Uh, so we're going to move on to Orlando with their second pick at number eight. This is where I had them taking James Booknight. But with Jonathan Kaminga still on the board, 
according to your uh, first few selections, I think they would be silly to pass on him at this point. Do you think Kaminga would be a good fit for the Magic? Yeah, just because, like we were saying earlier, is um, there are so many unknowns for them right at this point. Is um, the the only interesting thing would be is that you're taking Barnes and Kuminga. That true, true. You'd have to figure out how that works. But again, if you if if he's left there, I could also see them trying to package it to see if somebody wants to jump up or someone like the Kings want to want to jump up if they're if they're high on him. Um, but it sounds like that he's only worked out as high as eight, at least if he's worked out for the Kings, we haven't heard that. Um, I know they watched him, um, at the combine, but they didn't get any kind of one-on-one, um, you know, time with him besides maybe an interview. Um, but he didn't come for a workout like he did with Golden State. He did it with Orlando. Um, that, yeah, I, I, I think because they need so much that. I don't know why you wouldn't swing on a guy like that. Right. I, I've seen Moody, you know, mentioned there. Um, I've seen uh, Wagner mentioned there. Um, I've seen uh, Sangu mentioned there, right? Like we've seen all these different ones, but um, when you have two picks in, in the top 10 um, and you know, you're getting a good guy in Barnes, if that ends up being, you know, your first, your first selection, why not swing for the fences? Um, because I do think Kuminga is the only one left to me um, of the names mentioned that has that star potential. Yeah, I think Scotty Barnes and Jonathan Kuminga have the biggest potential and upside in this draft. So that would be that would be something if they got both of them. <laughs> that would be incredible. Uh, also, Zaire Williams' name has been trending as moving up yes. to possibly being He's one of my faves. for Orlando. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, so now to the big event, the, the main event. We're finally here at pick number nine with the Sacramento Kings on the block on the clock. Who first of all, do you want to name some of your favorites that you could select and then select your player or just go right into yeah. it and select your player? <laughs> um, I can I can give a couple. Um okay. just because I think the two, well. The three names we've heard today have not been mentioned in this, and that's Moody, Wagner, and Giddy. Like those are the three names right now that seem to be most popping up. You can add Sangoon there as well because he came and worked out here last week, and um, there's some people that are mocking him after his workout here. And um, you know, being that we've heard the the trade rumors of Buddy and Bagley and things like that, that. Um, you need a, a three or a four or someone that can play three, four and, um, Moody, Wagner and Giddy, um, at least from the small forward perspective for Giddy that he can play one through three, uh, you have Moody and Wagner who can play the three, four, um, or even Moody, Moody as a two, three. So I think that gives them, um, any one of those would give them a lot of options. Um, and we already have, uh. King Twitter has already come up with names for um, Moody and Wagner. Those are the two. Um, Moody Mafia, right? And uh, <laughs> Wagner, Wagner Vanguard. Um, that They're already trying to come up with stuff. Uh, you know, and we've heard rumors of like soft promises and, and things like that with Wagner just because he was very selective in who he worked out with. 
Um, he worked out with Barnes um, and Barnes Group uh, the last month or so in LA. So you could get some, you know, feelers there maybe, um, at least the front office could from, from that kind of perspective on what they thought. But just in terms of the Kings being the worst defense last year and almost the worst defense in league history, um, they were only a couple points off, sadly. Wow. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say sadly. It's exciting that they weren't the worst, <laughs> which is sad. Um, but they went from, you know, like early 20s to, you know, 30 for, I won't say the whole year because the first quarter of the year, they were in the middle of the pack and they actually had a decent record. Um, so this team showed that if you can just be average on defense, you can be the middle of the pack, right? Which is what they're missing. Um, and so Moody and Wagner both, you know, they're both touted as the three and D's um, with their perimeter shooting, their playmaking, their on-ball, off-ball defense, hustling. Um, I'll say feel for the game rather than, you know, their basketball IQ. But um, something that this team has been missing for, for years in the locker room are um, guys with, um, I know people don't like to say basketball IQ, like they're trying to come up with different words um, for that. But that was the what Fox and Barnes had said multiple times um, last year in post games were we need, uh, we need better basketball IQ out there. And I think if you go Moody, Wagner, or Giddy, uh, you would be getting that. Um, I'll put it this way. If if Moody and Wagner are both available, I would go Moody. If Moody's gone and it's just Wagner and Giddy, I would go Wagner. Yeah, I agree. Um, I really don't think Giddy would be a good selection for you guys because he is 6'8", but he's a point guard. So how would he fit with De'Aaron Fox and, and Halliburton? I think that would be kind of a weird fit there. Do you I think, think they'd use him as a as a three. Mm, that would be interesting because you would. know, yeah, he is—he's—he's six he's eight, but he's like one hundred and eighty-five pounds, so he's right. pretty scrawny out there. So yes. I, in my um, opinion, I don't like Giddy. I have him going way later in the draft, but everyone likes him and thinks that he will flourish. And they say Memphis traded up to possibly get him, but yeah, I would much rather have Moody or Franz Wagner. Right, and that becomes the next thing. Right, is we've heard um, Moody connected to to Memphis where they said they worked him out in LA last week. We've heard Wagner mentioned with them and then we've heard Giddy. So if for some reason that maybe all three of those are not available, I mean, you know, two are available, something like that to where Memphis feels that they need to jump. Um, if I'm the Kings and I'm not totally sold on that, or I have them in like a similar tier, but I can move back one spot and say uh, maybe get like a Brandon Clark or something like that back in, um, in a deal from Memphis, then I, I would take that all day. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah, I, I do think that it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, as Woj was saying all day that so many teams are knocking on the King's door that unfortunately I don't think we're going to really know until it gets that close to uh um, until maybe, you know, the first seven are picked, the first eight. It could be when the Kings are on the clock. Um, yeah. It's just, I think because of how unknown seven through what, maybe 15 are, 
Um, you could even probably throw seven to 20 that it does leave a lot of options for them. And I will say this, that, um, you know, we've been, the King said that they weren't going to announce who they were working out. So we've had local media, um, they've announced a couple ones. Um, not, not very much it's here and there, but mostly we've been going on Instagram and things like that and, and searching players, um, you know, putting on their Instagram stories and things like that of, of where they're working out, where the Kings aren't announcing it, but the players are, are not shy right, on, right. on where they're working <laughs> out. And so we've been able to keep track that way, um, uh, of, of that stuff. And so literally the Kings have worked out that we know almost every player from seven to like 22, 24. I mean, it's, oh, wow. it's crazy that they, which this team does not get people to come in. And so maybe it's, we have a new GM and people see what, you know, happened with Halliburton last year and, you know, and what continues to happen with Fox that, okay. Um, I know you're bad, but we do actually see some people still flourish right in the environment. And, uh, but no, I mean, they were able to get people to come in for workouts and go to dinner and things like that. And so if a trade presents itself, it, sh it seems like they've put themselves in a great spot by basically working out every player from, you know, seven, eight to 20, um, to 22 to 24, depending on, you know, what ends up happening and based on mocks and things like that. Um, that if they end up making that Lakers trade that we've heard about where we end up getting 22, or if we trade back with OKC and they want to, um, come back into the top 10 and you go 16, 18 and, mm -hmm. um, and get maybe another asset on top of that, uh, that's, that's a possibility, but it's nice that, um, that if they do end up moving back, that they've at least had these guys in and they've and they've individually worked them out because for so long um here is we've taken guys that have fallen um and things like that but we never actually talk to them or they refuse to come work out with us and then all of a sudden they come here and it's like oh you were not as advertised right <laughs> like the whole we had um cj mccollum here uh for three workouts prior to uh, the the Ben McLemore um, falling to us at seven. And uh, you asked CJ to this day that, oh, yeah, I, I thought I was a king. I was there on Monday, Tuesday. The draft was on Thursday. That was my third workout. Like, it's mm. we were good. Um, Dame, same thing. They had him there, and it was, you ask him now, it's, oh, yeah, no, they told me they were going to pick me. But then, wow. Rob, you know, Thomas Robinson <laughs> fell, and, and we know how that goes. but. You, you know, Kansas had him listed at what six ten. He ended up being maybe six eight, something like that. That it's, um, we've kind of been burned because we don't get to see these guys firsthand. And so again, like, not to knock on anything, but um, this is one of the the most optimistic uh, situations I can say, just because, um. It's as low as a bar as it is that we've had people and worked out. Again, we haven't been able to see uh, say that recently. So um, yeah. there's, uh, you know, optimism there that no matter what happens, that they'll at least be prepared for it.
Right, right. I think uh, De'Aaron Fox is a huge reason for most of that because before him, it was kind of, you know, sketchy to go to Sacramento. But, you know, he's kind of turning things around. They haven't gotten to the playoffs yet, but now with him and Halliburton, I think you guys have a bright future, yes. Yeah, and uh, then you see me, a, a guy like Holmes, right, too, who, yeah. um, you know, was – a second round pick with Philadelphia and, you know, never really got to stiff anything understandably um, because of their center situation there. And then went to the Suns and was a backup to eight in there. And the Kings fans left, like we loved him because he would kill us all the time. Um, and then we ended up getting him on a great deal. And he's now one of the most sought after centers right after two seasons. And a lot of that is his play with Fox and, um, and Halliburton. But yeah. credit to him, too, is he's a guy that he just goes out. He's another one of those glue guys where he just goes out and he's giving you 110% and and is going. Um, and he's a guy, too, where I can see where he's going to get the money, um, but he's going to continue to produce, right? Like, I don't see a drop-off for him. So, agree, you know, yeah. that's another success story for, for the Kings is that, um, you know, they're getting guys to play. It's just they don't have enough. Um, they just need more talent. I mean, it's. Well, look, now you said he's going to get paid. Is he going to get paid by Sacramento? That's, that is the question. Um, <laughs> it's, I mean, we're scared because our thing is, is we want to pay him, but we don't want to overpay him. But we're right. also limited on what we can pay him because of the early bird rights. Um, and so right now I think our max is, um, I think it's almost 11 and his camp is talking about 20. I will be yeah. shocked if if someone offers that just because I unless you're like a Jokic or Embiid or something, um, maybe go back. Like I'm just not big on spending that much money on centers with how often they get hurt because of all the scrums they're in and things like that. And just because the guard and the wing position is so expensive in this league, I don't think you can really afford to pay. Um, all that to a big man, unless they are the focal point of, of your team, like Denver or Philadelphia, um, you know, you can throw the jazz in there too, but for the Kings, that's not the case, right? You have Halliburton and you have Fox. Well, according to, uh, I think it was on the low report today and it was Mark Stein that they keep saying they're hearing all the buzz is that, that Rashawn's coming back to the Kings. Um, so the only way that happens is if these trades that we keep hearing about take place, which open up the cap space a little bit and you don't have to go to that, you know, 18, 20 range. Can you come to a middle ground of something between 13 and 15, which is what guys like Nurkic and um, Valanchunas and things like that are getting, which I think to me is pretty comparable um, for the production that he, you know, that he has with, the likes of Fox and Halliburton. So um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting with that, but our fingers are crossed because we love him and we love his family. They're, um, they're just great people and it's a great story. And at the end of the day too, I'd, I, I'm a Kings fan, but I, I want him to get paid to, I mean, these guys only get paid every so often. So take it advantage, you know, take advantage of it. I mean, it's, uh, this is going to be the big payday for him. So I, I understand right. at least his wise, you know, you got to do what you got to do. So well, I'll tell you what, you know, as a Hornets fan, you know, we'll gladly pay, play yeah. <laughs> pay 20, <laughs> 20 million. That's all you want. Okay. Come on. Come on over the 
Well, and that's that's the kind of sucky thing for the Kings, right? Is right. next year there's a lot of centers available. This one not so much. And all the teams that are looking at him, he has that same kind of fit for them, right? Like he'd yeah. be going to a uh, Lamelo. Um, right. With Dallas, he'd have Luca. Like that, they can fit that kind of style. And so, it's like of all years for it to happen. Of course, <laughs> right? That <laughs> it it ends up being teams that are legitimately that he would fit in um, and have the money. So it, and that's where I'm interested in Charlotte. That do you think they're looking to pay that kind of money, um, or do you think that they'd be willing to find a stopgap and and maybe wait another season? I think it depends on who how the board falls. Like if if they have to reach on the center at eleven, then I would think they would be like, okay, we'll just pay for Rashawn Holmes or someone in his ilk and draft another position. Um, but if they like if Alperin Sengun falls to eleven, I think they would gladly take him. Possibly. What do you think Jones. of Kai Jones? Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. what do you think? That's, that's I know he's not ready, ready, but that. Right. The pairing of Lamelo and him could be scary good too in a couple of years if, if he yes, can be yeah. what people think he could be. Yep, you you said it perfect. That's who I have locked <laughs> to Charlotte. So I mean, I think that would be. I think they would grow together, and that would be tons of fun. And I mean, even if Kai Jones doesn't reach his potential, he won't be as bad as what we've had the last few years. Sure, sure. Out there at center, so we can't really tell. <laughs> Yep, but, and, um, and he's, I mean, from all intents and purposes, he sounds like he's a sponge, um, mm -hmm. and and people just love him. So if that's the case and he does he does go there, I I would love that for him because I do think that that's, that would be a great spot for him. Right, right. And for the Kings, there's, there's still a person that we haven't mentioned yet. I have a mock to the Kings at nine right now. Uh, in my mock 2.0, I had you guys taking Moses Moody. I think he's a perfect fit for you guys, but he's pretty safe. But in my mock 3.0, I went out on a limb and put Zaire Williams to the Kings at number nine. Okay. <laughs> I I I don't I don't hate it. The only thing I would say if they stay nine and do that, um, is they keep talking about how they want to make the playoffs this next year. Mm -hmm. That um I think there would be some not fair expectations for him just based on the year he had last year. I love this kid and I love his, like his story. I mean, it's, he had one of the hardest years last year, right? Like of if definitely when you're talking about draft picks, I mean, and, and everything else going on in the world. Um, I mean, that's, it's living in hotels, right? Deaths in the family, missing a month from that, I'm not even sure if he was mentally ready to come back. And then when he did come back, he came off the bench, had a different role. Um, but right, this is also a guy who was mocked in the in the top five at the start of the college year. And so um, the only thing for him is he really has to work on that body size just because he is yeah. um, he's got the length, right? Which and 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 the Kings brought him in and all intents and purposes, we heard that they loved him. Um, but I do think that he, to me, it's an option if they were to move back. Like, let's say they do make that trade with Oklahoma City um, and you are going back, uh, what is it, 16 and 18, or if they somehow made a trade um, with the Pacers at 13. Um, I could totally see him going there just because 
for him, I would, I would hate to have the, the lottery tag on him just based on fan expectations that that's really my only worry with him is um, I think the sky's the limit for that kid. If, uh, if he goes to the right team and they help him develop, which we have Rico Hines here. And to me, you're not going to get much better development, you know, coach than that. And, and Bobby Jackson in the, in the G league, which is, um, you know, I think would end up having to be used for him just because it's almost like you're recreating his freshman year, um, in the sense, but I do think if they move back, you would see a name like Zaire or, uh, Jalen Johnson. I, those are two guys they brought in and, um, I could very easily see them trying to steal, um, essentially if, if they were to jump back. But I think if they do end up staying with the nine, they're going to want to take someone that they can plug and play right now. And I think Moody and Wagner fit that a little bit more just because of, um, they didn't necessarily have the hardships that, uh, Zaire did, even though he, to me has the clear high ceiling, right. Um, out of those guys, uh, but a little bit, maybe of a lower floor at this point in time, um, where those guys have a higher floor, but not as high of a ceiling. So again, it's, it's going to depend on if these trades happen, um, if they move back, if they're as serious as they're saying about, you know, making at least the play in, um, just because I like him so much, I'd be worried about staying in the top 10 and taking him just expectation wise and how fast they might push that development rather than maybe doing it correctly. I agree. Um, but that, you know, there has been talk, like we mentioned that he could possibly go eight. So I don't know if you'd be able to yep, move back yeah. and get him at this point. So it's, right. It's and we're, really and we're not in those. Yeah. And we're not in those workouts. Right. I mean, we've seen how right. many guys, um, their stock jumping and, uh, you know, if he's showing what people thought he was going to be the top five, right. If, if he's showing yeah. that stuff still, I, I wouldn't blame anybody for taking a swing on him at all. Um, in right. that sense. Yeah. You definitely have to know his mental because like you said, that pressure kills people at times. You know, if, if some guys that break that are lottery picks, if they would have been second round picks, they would have been fine in the league. So that is a good yep. point, but um, yeah, but I think Sacramento, it just really just depends on where the team thinks they are. If they think they're a player or two away from the playoffs, you you probably want to go with Moody. But if you really want to shoot for the stars, I think go with Zaire Williams. Don't play it safe. Try to hit a home run, and you know, you know, try to you know, it's it's tough. It's really tough, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> it, it it I mean, and that's the thing, right? Is um, especially in our situation, we have you know outside forces and and ownership and um, you know and advisors and things like that. That it's it's hard to really ever know um, whose vision you're actually seeing. And it's at this point, it's it's unfortunate because it's it's 15 years now, right? We're not five years into a drought to where you can maybe be a little bit more patient. It's um, these guys want to get over the hill, you know, get over the hump and then, (laughs) and then figure it out. So it added, which a lot of people think that Wagner could be, could be that guy for that reason that, you know, he's, he's younger than a lot of these one and done players. 
he's apparently, according to him, still growing um, and has played professional in Germany and then, you know, what had two years here, which is crazy that he's younger, the guys that did one and done, and he's had two years um, of college in addition to playing in Germany. But yeah. it's, yeah, I mean, if anything we've seen uh, from Monty McNair is he likes uh, guys that play defense and he likes length. So um, Wagner, Moody, and uh, Zaire all fit that. Yeah, yeah. So it just depends on if they want to go safe or go uh, swing for the fences. You know, last season there were talk about there was talk about trading Harrison Barnes possibly to the Celtics. You guys decided to hold on to Harrison Barnes because you wanted to make a push for the playoffs. Do you think you would have been in much better shape if you would have just traded him, bottomed out? You know, got an extra pick, and your pick would have been possibly higher than nine if you would have went that route. Yeah, see, and that's where it becomes interesting is because we heard the Celtics were interested, and then my my uh, co-host, um, Damien, um, had his own, you know, sources essentially that said they were not, um, and that was just kind of like a – a smoke screen for uh, Boston and essentially the Kings trying to see what kind of leverage they could get out there and that they wouldn't have really gotten anything more than what um, uh, uh, Denver got, how they ended up getting uh, Gordon, that that was like the other, the other one there. If, if truly there was a pick available, um, they, they might be in a better position because then you're looking at right two draft picks this year to work with on maybe trading up um, or to use in, in a potential star situation trade. But I also get why the GM did it. Like I know there's a lot of people upset because they didn't end up getting a top five draft pick, but I also get the situation they're in that you're again, 14 years into a drought. You have to worry about Fox going into his, now coming into his first year of his, his extension, um, you had Halliburton saying publicly that he still wants to make the playoffs. I've never been in this kind of situation where I'm losing before. Mentally, I'm trying to figure out how that works. Um, you still want to keep a guy like Rashawn Holmes. Um, it, it's hard to know where those players were in their heads. They were all screaming, we want the playoffs. Because Fox is one of like 10 people in his class that is not, if it might even be less than that now, but um, going into last year, he was like one of 10 in his whole draft class that had not made the playoffs. I mean, it's, he's not getting the recognition to me that he deserves because the Kings are so bad. Um, And at some point you, you want to, you know, make him happy to keep him around. Um, so I, I I get I get the swing, and again they had two nine game losing streaks. If you don't have that, you're in. Like if you could have figured yeah. out how to cut um, those losing streaks in half and be an average defense, you would have been a playoff team. And that's you know with with all those teams injured, that was like the perfect opportunity. Um, yeah, it was, and it just. It fell through. And then we had Fox and Halliburton end up going down. And 
the guys we ended up putting in <laughs> ended up winning games. So it was <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. which That's kudos to them because those guys were playing for their their NBA careers, right? Like those guys are playing yeah. for their next contract. So, I mean, I'll never fault them for that. Mm-hmm. But it's still, yeah, it it's like every move they make, it ends up somehow falling <laughs> short or being the wrong one. But I mean, I I at least try and um, look at all angles and to where I might not agree with it, but I can at least understand it. Um, so, and, yeah. and going into this year, it sounds like our ownership and from what our GM says and, and Walton, um, that they're all very much all in on it's, it's playoffs. Like we, we got to do it. So it's, it's going to be an interesting, uh, <laughs> week, you know, tomorrow going oh, into definitely. tomorrow and then, and then start of free agency. Because I mean, like we talked about at the beginning, we're mentioned in almost every trade possible. So, um, yeah. and and our our insider, um, the Kings insider for NBC Sports today with a um, with Damian, my co-host, he does the um, thirteen twenty ESPN Sacramento show here. He was, you know, asking him out of, uh, do you think the Kings will make the ninth pick? Um, do you think Buddy Hield will be traded? And do you think? Uh, Bagley will be traded um, going into tomorrow. And he said he thought all three. So, you know, I mean, it's at this point we're hearing anything and everything is possible. So it's, it'll it'll be interesting. So if nothing does happen, if nothing does happen, it'll be, it'll be a letdown. Right. Right. Well, um, the Sacramento Kings have also the 39th pick in the draft. Um, that's going to be a crapshoot, whoever they're going to take. It's just the best player available. But what position do you think they should lean toward with their second pick in the draft? Um, what's, what's the Kings' biggest say, weakness right now? <laughs> well, right now, our, our, our guard position in general seems to be set where if these guys – if if trades are made and it ends up being where it's Delon Wright left with uh, where it's Fox and Delon Wright, like that's right, that's a, a solid mm-hmm. one two right there, one one. Um, and oh. then you have Halliburton, and then Terrence Davis is a restricted free agent. Um, where I could see that being the 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 shooting guard position. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Robert Woodard and uh, Jalen Ramsey who were your second round picks last year. They were each given three year deals. So, you know, they'll be back unless um, surprisingly they're included in any kind of move, which we haven't heard, but again, you never know. Um, To me, that's, those are solid, solid guys in your guard position to where now it's, you have, if you assuming Barnes is going to be here, um, Will Kuzma be here? We don't know. Will Buddy be here? We don't know. Um, will Bagley be here? We don't know. Is right. Montrose Harrell going to be here? We don't know. Is Rashawn Holmes going to be here? We don't know. So essentially, it's three, four, five at this point. Is maybe we don't air. know. Um, yeah. It's Barnes, right? Like Barnes is your is your guy. You know at this point. So um, in terms of that, like there's uh, Herb Jones uh, available in the second round. There's um, JRV, who uh, I love from Villanova. Um, I think he could be a, a guy that you slot right in there at the um, three, four, possibly five position. There's uh, 
uh, Kueda um, available at, at someone you could throw in for the center position. And he's a little bit older because he had three years in college that um, you, someone you could throw in. Um, the other uh, Texas center, um, is it Nick's? Hicks, Nick's? Yeah, Jericho Sims. Thank you, Sims. Rick, okay, that Rick was it, Jones. Jericho Sims. Thank you. <laughs> um, they The Kings worked him out. Um, and so I think those are guys that you could throw in. And and Jericho kind of reminds me of a um, of a Rashawn Holmes um, factor, at least in his size. Um, I think that would athlete. be a good fit, yeah. Yeah, to where um, I could see that kind of working. So, um, yeah, those are all uh, things I would be looking at in the second round. Uh, I also don't blame them that if Buddy Heald goes, you end up looking at shooting. Um, if mm. anybody ends up falling or if you have like a wise camp, something like that, um, where you just have, you know, someone that can shoot lights out. Um, if, if Butler, if people are, um, kind of scared of Butler right now, if he somehow, um, fell, the Kings had him in, um, and took him to dinner and things like that, that if, if they could grab him, um, we've heard about two in the possible buddy healed trade to the Lakers that we might get 22, um, that could affect then what you get at 39. Uh, you could very much, um, get some scores at, at, uh, 22, rather than uh 39 so sure sure yeah there's you know and if they move back and ended up getting <laughs> their pick too there's uh it's yeah it's it's hard to know but i would say definitely three four five um depending on what you take with nine if you do decide there um to me again it's you need length and size um are there bigness weaknesses and guys that can play defense uh, and there's, this is one draft to me where it seems like most guys are two way players, which is, I feel like rarely ever happens. Um, so if that ends up, you know, staying true, that if these guys truly are what people think that there seems like there will be a lot of, uh, a lot of options. You, and then you could even go someone like BJ Boston, right? Like someone who's, yeah. who's wow. kind of dropped a little bit, but has like legit, you know, but seemingly talent, right. And just needs a little bit of time to work that out. And the Kings have a really good system right now in their G league, where, um, if you were to take him in the second round and then, and have him go back and forth where, uh, I, I think that would really work. I don't, I don't know if people know that, uh, Bobby Jackson was our, one of our main player development guys and assistant coach. And he ended up getting the head coaching job for our G league, um, team. Okay. And so, they have people from our player development staff on his staff there as well. Um, so they're trying to be super in sync and, and what they're running and, and what they're doing. And they're all uh, working together out here in uh, LA right now. Um, a lot of our two ways and second round picks and things like that. Um, so, and, and our G league team has a history of where uh, they're one of the, the, the teams with the highest where they've actually had, you know, guys taken and, and are on actual um, NBA rosters now. So they've had a good, um, a good history of development there. So um, I think guys like that, where if you could swing too in the second round, right. Of guys that fall back um, and, and you're yeah. willing to those players, right. Are also willing to, to be drafted because we know sometimes now that people will say, don't draft me. I want to be able to pick where I'm going type thing. Um, that if you can have a, an agreement there and, 
um, and guys are willing to kind of be patient in that sense that uh, you can take some swings. Yeah, and uh, with this draft, it's so deep. Uh, with pick 39, you can easily be getting a first-round talent, which would be in most other drafts. So I think either way, you guys are going to be in great position. And as you explained and elaborated, the Kings are going to be definitely one of the most interesting teams to watch in this upcoming draft. Uh, thank you so much, Jillian, for joining me. Um, give everyone your social media one more time before I let you go and get up out of here. Yeah, so it's um, at Jill Adge, J-I-L-L-A-D-G-E, and you can find me there for King's Takes as well as um, NBA and all other kind of sports in general as well. Thanks for having That's me fun. on. I appreciate it. Oh, no. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, and everyone hit up Jillian if the Kings blow it or they knock it out of the park. So I'm sure she would love to hear from you. So. Thank you, everyone, for listening and joining us on the All Rookie Podcast. Appreciate you. Like, rate, subscribe, and review. And hope you all have a great day. And enjoy the draft. And we're out of here. Peace. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.